and welcome back to Uncultured Twenties. My name is Leanne. And my name is Julia. And this podcast will be a journey of us culturally educating ourselves in what is considered classic in pop culture. Think media that people would say, you've never seen that? Yep, any films, albums, books, music videos, you name it. We go over our initial impressions and why we think it's made its way into the canon. Films like Clueless and Alien. Or albums like Computer World and Currents or even books. We're always open to suggestions, so please keep up with us at Uncultured20s on Instagram and TikTok. We're also on Letterboxd at Uncultured20s. Today, we'll be taking it all the way back to the 1950s with William Wyler's 1953 Roman Holiday. Holiday is directed by William Wyler and stars Audrey Hepburn as Princess Anne and Gregory Peck as American journalist Joe Bradley. This was actually Audrey Hepburn's first major film role and it was also her American film debut. She would later go on to win a bunch of awards including an Oscar for Best Actress and a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. Is this your first time watching Roman Holiday? It actually isn't. It's Ooh, my second time nice. watching Roman Holiday. What about yourself? Uh, this is the first time watching it. First time I've actually ever heard of it. I didn't even... Oh, so when I sent it to you, did you think it was the Nicki Minaj album? Didn't even... Nope, didn't even know that was Okay, because it was kind of in my head, you know? <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Um, it's... I, I, I feel like I consider it one of the classics. I'm not too well-versed in black and white films, per se. Right. <laughs> my experience is The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. But my mom loves Audrey Hepburn, and uh, I, I've watched Gregory Peck in the To Kill a Mockingbird movie. Yep, yep. So I'm, like, familiar with the names, for sure. Uh, and this one is actually one of the good ones. I think, you know, it kept my attention the whole time. It wasn't as boring as some black and white films, I think. And yeah. Um, she's just, Audrey Hepburn is so young here, yeah. and I, she's so charming, I yeah, think, yeah. so I was really happy to rewatch this one again. Yeah, I, uh, I, when you suggested we watch this one, I, in my head, I was picturing, like, a modern-day rom-com, so mm-hmm. I kind of was on the right track, and then when I saw that it was from the 1950s, I was like, oh, we're taking it way back with this one. You gotta come back with me. Where? to the future but yeah audrey hepburn i actually don't think i've seen any of her movies i've I've obviously heard about her Mm -hmm. and i know that she was sort of a a very popular starlet at the Mm -hmm. time this is my first audrey hepburn film gregory peck yeah i've seen the to kill a mockingbird one i didn't even realize that he was in that movie until i was yeah researching that one was really boring i yeah i also to watch it for school yep we had to read the book we had to watch it for school the book was way better than the movie the movie was just all core drama yeah it was boring yeah not my favorite i would say maybe that one's a skip for me but this one was good i really liked this one (laughs) i liked it too i think it had that timeless essence of spontaneity and 48 hours kind of thing i love those films where it's it's almost like after sunrise or like have you seen that no nope. <laughs> <laughs> so that there we go another, another one another moment <laughs> um it's a trilogy by robert robert linklater i don't know what his first name is but his last name is linklater he did like boyhood and right. uh days and confused and this it's with ethan Hawke and i can't remember the female actress's name but it's they spend like a night together in Europe and then they part for 10 years and then actually like a long time later in reality 
they filmed the sequel and then the tr- the oh. trilogy. So it's like it does take place over like a right, long over amount of time. Cool. So yeah, it just kind of reminded me of that one night adventure, you know, mm-hmm. crazy story that you're gonna remember forever. Mm-hmm. And I love those kind of stories. Yeah, definitely. That's a those are good ones. Editing Leanne here, saying it is the Before Sunrise series by Richard Linklater, not Robert. I feel like going into it too with like black and white films, I always am a little nervous because yeah. like, you know, it's old. I'm I'm from a time of like crazy. <laughs> crazy cgi and action and things and so we used to watch uh in my at my grandparents house like we'd put it on the tv and then my grandmother would just tell me who all the actors and the actresses were mm-hmm. and i'm like okay cool i mean but think about Great. it what if like what if in 60 years we're pointing out like that's miley cyrus yeah like, exactly kids will be like do you know this actress looks so famous so beautiful yeah, yeah. but yeah that's oh like so that's my only experience with any black and white films yeah. i think and then wizard of oz like you said same thing but even then it's only only the the very beginning, beginning is yeah. like, you know, with my grandparents, it was The Sound of Music, mm. My Fair Lady, um, mm-hmm. Fiddler on the Roof, like stuff like that. Those are my thoughts of like older right. films, and the black and white really just shifts something in your brain. True, it it's like yeah. this is ancient. Like, yeah. this is from like a long time ago. I, I have been going back. You know, I watched Rear Window. I can't even remember if Rear Window was black and white or not, <laughs> but uh, it's. Alfred Hitchcock. Just me fact-checking myself. None of those are in black and white. They're just old. I watched uh, All About Eve, which was a good one as well. That one's in black and white. And I I think they're really good. I actually, I think I should be going back and watching that more. I'm like, I'll watch some more black and white it's movies. Almost, <laughs> it's almost like watching a film where you need subtitles, mm-hmm. where you need to pay full attention. Like, it forces right. you to really get involved in the story. And I think they're written really smartly because they can't rely on, like, CGI mm-hmm. and a bunch of different locations, like... That's what's nice about, well, films like Rear Window is all shot in the same apartment, essentially. Mm. So it's just the depth of the storyline. and Because right. that's what they, that's what was free, you know, it wasn't like they yeah, yeah. to that's go and shoot everything. Available, for sure. Synopsis. Spoilers ahead. Roman Holiday debuts with Audrey Hepburn as Princess Anne on a tour of European capital cities. She's working to promote goodwill and improve trade relations. Later that evening, Anne becomes overwhelmed by the busy schedule for her days ahead, and she just has a full-on breakdown. She's like, please let me die in peace when (laughs) her lady-in-waiting, her handler, says she'll send for the doctor, and she goes, oh, it's no use. I'll be dead before he gets here. The drama. It is drama. (laughs) I relate. I mean, she's tired. She doesn't want to be schmoozing up to all these people. The scene with like her shoe falling off. I know. Yeah, it reminded me so much of like Princess Diaries too. Yeah, yeah. So good. So when the doctor returns, he gives Anne an injection that is supposed to calm her nerves and help her sleep. When she's alone again, she sneaks out to try and experience the city life of Rome. Until whatever the doctor literally just gave her in her arm very randomly uh, ends up kicking in. And she sort of uh, is uh, just lying around, falling asleep. She's found on a bench, a stone bench in the in the city. Yeah, re-watching this, I did not remember that she was injected with was like, so tranquilizer or whatever. I was like, oh, like, okay, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. But that's also terrifying. Yeah. Um, but also, can I have some? Yeah. I'm like, if it'll help me, just go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, okay. I need that. Like, she's passed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's discovered by Joe Bradley, an American reporter who is, doesn't recognize her. 
and takes her back to his apartment to sleep it off because they literally, like, the taxi driver's like, I don't want her. And he's like, well, I don't want her. <laughs> but he's a nice guy, so he takes her back to his apartment and he basically thinks she's just super drunk. And the next day, he goes to work and finds out that she's actually the missing princess who he was supposed to be interviewing. Yep. It was a hilarious scene when he goes into the office. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I interviewed her and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, he doesn't know that the interviews were canceled because she was missing. Literally missing in his apartment. Yeah. And, right there. But, he's, <laughs> but he didn't know that she's a princess. So he's yeah. like, yeah, 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 I went to work. I got the answers. I'm like, king, honestly. And the fact that he probably could have gotten away with that. <laughs> True. If they didn't, you know, have the whole storyline. Exactly. Like, she's gone. She's missing, yeah. That scene, I think, was my favorite scene in the film. When mm-hmm. he's just, like, swaggering. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I was out the interview. No, no like, problem. That's what I was doing. Like, that's why I'm late. Yeah, that's me going into work trying to yeah. explain why I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> So then once he goes back to the apartment and is like, okay, she's the missing princess, he offers to show her around Rome. And she doesn't know that he knows that she's a princess. So she's like, yeah, I'm a student. My name is Anya. Like, <laughs> I'm like perfect disguise. <laughs> yeah, okay, Anya. And uh, so he goes along with it because he's trying to get an exclusive story with her. They end up spending the day together um, and then are joined by Joe's photographer friend Irving, um, who's taking these sneaky shots of the princess uh, all around Rome with his... Very cool little lighter spy camera. Makes me, made me a little nervous because I'm like, is that a real thing that they had back then? Like, I mean, I know technology has advanced now. (laughs) Like, that's pretty uh, sneaky. They visit many landmarks, including the Spanish Steps, the Mouth of Truth, where he very hilariously pretends to have his arm eaten off. Such a dad move. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then finally, they go to the Colosseum. At the end of the night, Anne, Joe, and Irving are all at this dance on a boat with the locals. Um, and suddenly they are ambushed by government agents who have been called in to rescue the missing princess from her abductors. Anne and Joe end up escaping in the river. And then finally, at the end of the night, Joe decides to drive her back to where she's staying. And they share a very dramatic, very romantic, very sad moment in the car. A very passionate kiss as they say goodbye. And then she says, don't. Don't look at me once I go around the corner or something. It's so She's sad. like, don't watch me go. She's like, this is where I'm off. Like, this, is, this is my stop. Take me to the call of yeah. And Joe decides, you know, okay, I have morals. I guess I won't write this exclusive about her. <laughs> and he just goes to the press conference with all the other media people at the embassy the next morning. He and the princess then sort of share this bittersweet moment of understanding and that they have this common understanding that their day together was just a day together and they'll always treasure it and i think they'll always be in love but yeah it also was one day it was one day very quick love story (laughs) yeah but it was i they're it's cute i mean it's like the you know of course they have to make it it, it's a rom rom-com dramedy whatever i mean i kind of like that it didn't just end up like everyone was happy yeah like you can't just i mean you can't what are you gonna do she's got to be a princess she can't just run away with this random guy it's not yeah i i think it it stays with you much longer because you're like damn yeah they they didn't end up together like they just you know look at each other from across the media barricades and they just share this look and only them and the audience knows yeah, what yeah. it means and then the final shot where he's just walking by himself it's like yeah he's just what all could have been? alone leaving yeah just strangers once again yeah 
They're like, I loved the photos that they took of her I during know. her day. They were so iconic. So fun, especially the guitar yeah. smashed over the, the guitar smash. Like, she had a fun time. And it, it made me sad because she can't just, like, go sit at a cafe and, like, go get gelato. And yeah. It was, I loved when she went and got her hair cut and they're like, yes. shorter, shorter, yes. shorter. I was like, yes. I, every me girl too. goes through that moment, like, for real. Everyone goes through that hair cutting moment. So, what genre would you classify this as? Hmm. I, I it's it's an all in one. It's a comedy. It's a drama. It's it's a love story. What would you say? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way to put it. An all in one because you kind of got a little bit of everything. Even got a little action action adventure in there, you know, yeah. with the running away from the, yeah. the guards and the agents or whatever. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was considered sort of one of the pioneering rom-com films. Um, and it's kind of true that you see that sort of same um, storyline even today. It's like the lovers that can't be because of whatever reason in this case, you know. You got a little Romeo Juliet yeah. going on, you know? Yeah. The star-crossed lovers uh, theme. But yeah, I think it's, I would say, I mean, it's definitely like rom-com with a little bit of drama in there for their... Yeah. Like, I, it's just, I think, moments. I would say like it's a really well-rounded rom-com yeah um what did you think about the performances of Gregory Peck and of Audrey Hepburn I thought they were great you know I I I I just had this I don't know how many years apart they were but it did seem like they were a decent amount different Mm -hmm. in age and maturity but I thought they had a lot of chemistry and they're really the main characters. You know, there's hardly any other characters. Like, Irving is there sort of for comedic yeah. reasons. And that was really great, you know, and he just kept getting, like, stuff spilled yeah. on him and getting kicked. That, like, that was hilarious. Yeah. And there's a few, you know, good side characters, like the taxi driver and the hairdresser. Mm-hmm. But it's really just them. You know, they carry the film, mm-hmm. I would say. What do you think? For sure. Yeah. And, you know, this was my first experience, as I said, of an Audrey Hepburn film and I thought she did a really great job I just think it's funny just comparing like performances of actors and actresses like today and then also back then because it just feels more dramatic to me back then maybe they're just trying to do the most because like again they don't have all the extra special things to throw in there but especially with the the actresses of the time and I find this with like all the other ones that I would watch on tv with my grandma or whatever where they all have this like one certain tone of voice that they do that you really don't hear anymore. Like transatlantic accent. But, yeah, and it's just like... You know my favorite poem. Uh, you already recited that for me. Arethusa rose from a couch of snows in the Acroceronian mountain. Oh, what? Yeah. Like, it's just so, like... I can't, Obviously, I cannot replicate it very well, yeah. but I just think it's that's uh, so interesting because I'm like, I'm sure there are people that talked like we do now but you know yeah. in the in the film you have to be so up here yeah. and so I, beautiful and demure you know so I think it's so funny that way just to watch those old movies because obviously we don't really have there's that I don't find that that exists anymore which is funny Audrey Hepburn comes from a more dramatic stage experience mm-hmm. as well right so they really are in character mm-hmm. like they're in the role today's actors I just feel like there's you can feel like they're so aware that they're like being filmed mm-hmm. and like trying so hard to not be a character like trying mm-hmm. so hard to be very normal and like nonchalant about it whereas 
you know, in these films, it was all about the, the drama. Like, yeah. of course, you're, like, you're acting in a film. Like, yeah, so. I agree. So even with films nowadays that are dramatic reenactments of period pieces, it's like, I know you know what an iPhone is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw something that was analyzing, and it's actually because a lot of people think that it's because their teeth are all perfect. Hmm. Right? Like, actors back then, you know, they didn't look perfect, like, blah, right. blah, blah. But now it's everybody has fillers, like, dyed hair, yeah. like, perfect teeth. It's it's just not a real True. <laughs> True. I, I, yeah. That's I mean, that's why British actors are a lot better <laughs> <laughs> at period films, is because they just look more real and more yeah. natural. Mm-hmm. It's really, and as for the accent, I was listening to a podcast, I don't remember what it was, but they were talking about how you know, why people need subtitles nowadays more than they did before. Mm-hmm. And it's because people had to enunciate more mm-hmm. because That's they true. didn't have, you know, audio editing. But then now, and they only had mic, you know, boom mics or something. Mm-hmm. But now they have tiny little mics that can catch up everything that they're saying. So maybe they can give a quote unquote more natural performance by being less loud, but it also means the audio is just less clear for everyone. Mm-hmm. So that's like another really major difference in performances. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I... Yeah miss because i am terrible at like i need subtitles i'd mm-hmm. love to not need subtitles i know and i can just listen to it and actually yeah. understand what they're saying but subtitles still would have been helpful watching this that's true yeah. them, but uh i could generally understand what they were saying yeah so. i feel like it's the same thing with the lighting too this mm-hmm. is sort of a sidebar but like movies now are so dark and yeah. i can never like unless i'm in a movie theater like if i'm just watching it at home there's like windows in my house and stuff like yeah i can't see what's going on pop quiz pop quiz we are gonna test each other and you. It's our pop quiz time. I'm asking the questions today, and Leanne will be guessing the answers. <gasps> My first time. Yes, you can play along at home as well. So here's our first question. True or false, Roman Holiday was originally set to be filmed in color. I know the answer to this. Oh. And it's true. True. It was supposed to be filmed in color, but due to the size of the production and all of the places they were going... The in Rome, they did yeah. not have the budget, so they were like, okay, well, since we, I guess we have a choice between all these locations or color, and so they chose the location. It's wild because, honestly, if you told me if it was on a set, I would have believed that it was on a set. I know! Even, like, there's they, that like, one the scene in the, the Vespa, too, where they're riding yeah. the Vespas through the streets, yeah. and I'm like, were they actually Well, the at the beginning of the film, it's like, everything was filmed in Rome. I'm like, Wow! I mean, that's a pretty cool thing to break. And I, you know what? I think the black and white adds to the drama of it mm-hmm. and makes it more timeless because, you know, a princess touring the Europe for diplomacy could be today. Mm-hmm. Like, this story could happen today. So yeah. I think the black and white makes it a classic, but also makes it timeless. So I think it was a good decision. Mm-hmm. Me too. Okay, next question. Which real-life royal was Audrey Hepburn's character based on? A, Princess Anne... B, Princess Margaret, or C, Queen Elizabeth II, pre-queendom? I don't know the answer to this, Mm -hmm. and I don't really know much about Anne or Margaret. I mean, I know what Princess Anne looks like. I know a little bit more about Queen Lizzie, as the average Canadian (laughs) does. I I really don't know, so I'm just going to guess Princess Margaret, because I know the least about her. That is correct! Wow. Princess Margaret! Wow. Can you explain a little bit? Yes, so Princess Margaret, um, famously Queen Elizabeth's younger sister, a um, little bit of a bad boy of the family, 
Um, but she was in a relationship at the time with Peter Townsend, who was a photographer, and he had previously been divorced. And so it was sort of like, well, I guess frowned upon. And I think that they basically told her that they couldn't be together. And so it kind of ran a parallel to this film at the time because, you know, she was interested in this journalist, even though she doesn't really know who he is. And it actually helped the film gain a lot of publicity mm-hmm. because of that parallel. So I thought that was interesting. That and is it's all happening at the same time. Did she ever and... end up marrying him? I can't remember. Most of my knowledge is from okay. watching The Crown on Netflix. So <laughs> I kind of got bored during watching that, but I want to watch it now that they're in like the 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kate and William. I know. Going, I had to, yeah. There's parts of it I was like, okay, let's move this along. Okay, let's look at Princess Margaret. You know, I think I actually remember seeing like fan cams of her on TikTok. <laughs> because people were like, she slayed, she slayed. <laughs> okay, who's she married to? Oh, somebody else. But they got divorced. When did they get divorced? Uh, 1978. Okay. I can't remember if that was pre or post Peter. All I oh, well, this movie was like... the 53, right? That oh, yeah. So never mind. Post yeah. Peter. So, well, and it's interesting too because, I mean, sorry we're on a royals tangent, but I guess <laughs> this is a film about a princess. So mm-hmm. if we have any excuse now, it's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even support the monarchy. I no. think we should abolish it. I, ugh, I saw news that apparently... Charles is going to be on Canadian 20. Uh, I've just been so, like, so consciously avoiding everything with him because, like, oh my god, he's just, like, he's so, so disgusting gross. He's gross. I hate him. Like, Did you hear that whole, like, tampon gate thing? Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Disgusting. <laughs> yep. Disgusting. I'm very much pro-Princess Die. Yep. Oh, yeah, he grows me up. And you know what, Camilla, the re- whole reason why he couldn't marry Camilla was because she was divorced. Exactly. And then now they're married and she's a damn queen and Di is dead. And she was, like, 16, and he was, like, 30 yeah. when they got together. Ugh, everything oh. makes me so mad. And his sausage fingers. Oh, yeah. Oh. Literally so gross. <laughs> and they had fucking Andrew. They had Andrew oh, God, inside yeah. the coronation. I'm oh, like, God. this man should not be around any of them. He should not be honored by no, 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 no. these things. Oh, God, yeah. The whole <sighs> thing is such yeah. a, like, I mean, obviously you know, the actual moral terrible things. And then also just such a money sink. Like, so much yeah. money for them. Why? Why, why? And I'm like, for what? They're just people. They're just, like, little yeah. people that live in a little house. <laughs> I don't know. People. It's just so silly. Yeah. It is really silly. I... And you know what? Fine. England, you can vote on whether you want them, but Canada doesn't need them. Why are yeah. we still part We're, of the uh, well? Take me out of that one, Like, please. put some Canadians on my money. I yeah. want Drake on my money. Drake. I want Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne! And I want Nelly Furtado, okay? <laughs> I don't want Charles and his sausage fingers. No. The city of Toronto, where uh, the rappers are polite and the mayor smokes crack. <laughs> it was one time. We tried it one time. All right, so how are you categorizing Roman Holiday? Are you joining the cult? Adding it to the list? Or hiding the fans are after me? And before you answer, I do want to mention that in 1999, the film was actually selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So take that as you will. Well, I guess I can't argue with the Library of <laughs> Congress. Wow. You know, no, I'll, I'll say joining the cult. I, I, I don't know how... I, I need to educate myself more on that era of films, but obviously they're so influential and... 
people nowadays, even the Met Gala last year was American stars, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they were, like, honoring all the classic movie stars. And I think there's something to be said about the performances and, like we said, the, the intelligence behind the films. So I would say I'm joining the cult. Let us know if you guys want us to do more of these, like, older, older films. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's for a very specific audience, but <laughs> I think if we do them every once in a while, I think it would be a good homage to, like, film mm-hmm. and... We could do a little bit more research onto mm. how what they what else they influenced. I mean, I know Audrey Hepburn has influenced a massive amount of actresses who for sure. Are still acting today. So, mm-hmm. how are you categorizing it? I think I'm also joining the cult. It's funny because like going into this, obviously, I had not I had no idea what I was going into. So I was kind of like, oh, like an old movie, like the ones we would put on the TV and then we would fall asleep too. <laughs> but. It definitely took me by surprise. Also, like, nice to see Audrey Hepburn actually in a film because uh, I have not before. But, yeah, I thought it was just, like, a very sweet movie and very... I I don't know. It was just, like, yeah, kind of all-around nice film. I was, like... And I didn't mind that it was in black and white. It was was nice. Like you said, I think it added to it in a way. So, yeah, I definitely think that I am going to be joining the cult. There you go. There you go. And I think that's it from us. Connect with us on Letterboxd at Uncultured20s. That's 20s to see all the films we've covered. Or our Spotify to see our playlists at Uncultured20s. T-W-E-N-T-I-E-S. We are also on Instagram at Uncultured20s. T-W-E-N-T-I-E-S. We take tons of input on there. So if you feel like there's something really iconic that we need to cover, that's where you should go. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so that you're notified when our episodes drop. We're on all major platforms. We're on Culture 20s, and we'll see you on the airwaves. Bye! Bye. Uncultured 20s!